0: Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of another film podcast. I'm Tierney. I'm Colin. And I'm Matt. (laughs) (laughs) This week we will be discussing Yorgos Lanthimos' The
1: Lobster. Just real quick, give people a peek behind the curtain. (laughs) Before we started recording, Matt's like, I'm going to sit back a little bit because I've been really loud on the last few. And when it came time to introduce himself, he purposefully leaned into his mic to say his I name. I can't help <laughs> it. It's a natural
2: impulse. I feel like if I don't, I won't be heard, but I can see the spikes hit the top. Right. I know. That's. I just thought it was time. really funny that you
1: literally made it like 10 seconds before you gave up I on your... That <laughs> would not be a good radio personality, but that's also because I have a face for TV. They OK, say, so anyway, <laughs> to myself. <laughs> People have said that. I've said that. I say that regularly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and yet, it's a radio show.
1: <laughs> Here we are.
0: <laughs> uh, speaking oh of other very beautiful creatures, let's talk about the lobster. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> My sister calls them the spiders of the sea.
2: Yeah, that checks out. Yeah, <laughs> crabs and lobsters are animals that I don't understand how people first figured out that they, they were... were edible. Because <laughs> they're, they're they're monstrous. They look <laughs> like aliens. They're like, Shh. They're, and also like anything with an exoskeleton. Like you don't know what's underneath there. What a risk to be like, let's crack it open and <gasps> see. Did I show and you guys like, that video
0: cute. of someone doing that? And it yes. was like.
2: Of a crab? Or that trilobite thing in the Tri-
0: sink? Yeah, the one in the sink. And it was like, stuff just kept yeah. coming out of it. And it was yeah. like, Saris how did all Sworum this... Yeah,
2: post it. Ooh, yep. Mm-hmm. It's the most... Yeah, we should not dive that far sorry. into this. Sorry, sorry. But, but maybe it's also kind of in line with how this movie feels. This movie gets, like, <laughs> grosser and grosser as you
1: keep going. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, we'll get there, but the end of this movie yeah. is so upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> the roofest of Stoops. <laughs> anyway, well, like I said, we'll get there. Tierney, this was your pick. Speak, yes. speak on it.
0: Uh, so I picked this movie because I really like this movie and think that it is underappreciated in that not a lot of people have seen it. Uh, some people who have seen it don't like it. But I think it is very funny.
2: Than me too.
0: <laughs> and it is a certain type of humor which having to explain why some things are funny make me feel like a terrible person <laughs> but nonetheless I, it is
1: pretty funny i can yeah. totally get why people don't like this movie like it is it is not at all surprising like if i like this movie quite a bit But if I were to tell somebody, like, oh, yeah, like, I just watched Lobster, and they're like, oh, should I see that? I would probably say no to, like, a vast majority of people, (laughs) just because it's so deeply fucked up that I think if somebody who I don't know that well asks me if they should watch this movie, and I tell them, yeah, I really like that movie, and then they watch this movie, and they don't like it, I feel like that's just, like, a really awkward... uh, like, there's no way to continue the friendship from that point.
0: <laughs> They're going to have some thoughts about you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's a
2: movie that does require disclaimer of, like, what you're about to get into. Yeah. Um, but it also feels like, I don't know, like like some, not experimental theater, but like Harold Pinter or any of, like, the absurdist uh, uh, playwrights where like, what's happening on stage. Sometimes you're like, what? Why are they doing this? Why are they talking like this? And this movie really does, like, get to get across something that... And I think Yorgos, in general, gets across something that, like, isn't uh, often done these days. And I think, like, mm-hmm. we'll talk about the dialogue. Uh, but it feels very... It doesn't feel like it knows... I don't know how I'm saying it. It doesn't feel like it's taking itself seriously. It understands how stupid and insane and outrageous the things that it's showing are. hmm and I think if it didn't, it would just feel like uh, like an attack movie where it just feels like it's purposely impenetrable. Yeah. And I don't feel like it is. I feel like it's a very, like it's a satire and it is such a sharp and unique satire uh, that I think if you approach it understanding that. It feels a lot like American Psycho where if you're watching it expecting it to be what it looks like, it's going to feel awful. But if you understand that it's all putting it into a light to make fun of it, I think it's very, very, very funny. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think that uh, everything that you said, like it is a super sharp, the the like message behind this movie. I saw it and was like, I was also like very single at the time that I watched this movie, and it is a commentary on single being single. And how and it's how like a,
3: a plague upon society.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like everything I needed to hear in that moment, which you're probably like, why would you want to hear that message if you are super single? And because it made me laugh, you know? Yeah. And, and the, <laughs> like the, they, he takes something that is like, Hey, this is going with you what with, with, Oh my God, I cannot speak today. This is going... I'm also having
2: trouble. This is gonna be an episode where we're just gonna fall over our words, and that's okay. <laughs> it's okay. This is
0: adding on to what you said, Matt, about it being absurdist, is that he takes something that is has a, a nugget of truth, but then like blows it up so big. Like if you look at the idea of having something in common with someone, and then mm-hmm. he blows like in order to date them, and then he blows it up so big to where he, You cannot be with someone unless you have one specific thing in common that ties you together, and it's like very specific thing,
1: yeah, or bloody noses, a physical attribute, or like a fucking blood type. Like, what's so weird.
2: Oh my god, I'm so excited to talk about this movie, because there's so many, I like was taking notes, and every time something crazy happened, I noted it, and then I was like, I can't keep doing this, because every scene is insane, every scene is so outrageous, but also, this is our first A24 joint, oh. shout out to A24, hmm. we love our people at A24, and this is our first one on the podcast, and I'm sure not the only one, because we love A24. Uh...
0: Uh, speaking of notes, do you want to know the notes that I noted down? I have great social distancing in that first scene when he oh. arrives at the hotel. Yeah. And then the following one is love this movie so much. Those are my only <laughs> notes.
3: Oh, boy.
1: I, I'm, in, I'm in a similar boat to Matt where I was just like writing down things that made me laugh. And then I had to stop about 20 minutes into the movie because I was like, I'm just going to write the whole script at this point. Like, yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> also, oh like. Oh, my God. Part of, so I know we'll talk about the dialogue later, but I think one of the things that I was, I mean, every time I watch this movie, I think about it. But one of the things I was particularly struck by is Colin. This is probably Colin Farrell's best performance of anything, I would say, even more than in Bruges, because he's just his body language is so good. And like his yeah. delivery of lines is so like. I am a robot, and this is how I feel. Like, when the woman gives him a lap dance, and then he's like, can you do it just a little longer? And she's like, no. And he goes, he's like, terrible. That's just terrible. He- I
2: noted that. Awful. Just awful.
0: Oh, that's it. And awful, he says just it with- awful.
2: No emotion. Just so devoid of all joy. Awful. Just awful. I also noted, I period love period colin farrell period i love colin farrell and i always forget how much i love him but he's genuinely such a good actor and oh so easy on the eyes even when he's playing this like kind of schlubby mustachioed like kind of pot-bellied dude very attractive this this colin farrell's the best Mm-hmm. I love him so much.
0: <laughs> I do too. He's so great, and he, I feel like this is was his first movie, like back in action where he wasn't playing like a heartthrob. I could be uh, wrong.
2: I don't. I don't have an exact timeline, but I do know this was like, uh, I like even watching last night. I was like, this is so much more artful and strange of a movie than he's typically used to doing. It seems like, like. The phone and then he booth? just. <laughs> and I, Phone Booth, I love Colin Farrell, and I love Kiefer Sutherland, who's the voice on the call in Phone Booth, and that movie is bad.
1: Uh-oh.
2: I forgot to there's close something. my window. Oh. That motorcycle a sounded
1: race. like a fart. <laughs> sure, you just forgot to close your window, and there, there was a motorcycle. Okay, guys.
0: <laughs> I genuinely... Another
1: love. film, Pob gas, more like. Oh my god.
2: Oh, <laughs> Um, I, uh, speaking of like, of how this movie kind of, uh, I don't know how to connect this. There's no good segue. But, <laughs> I remember first hearing about this movie, like, two or three years
1: before it even came out. because uh, I think it came out in 2015? It, so, it was... I can double-check this, but I believe what happened is, it like, it hit the um yeah so it hit the festival circuit in 2015 but then it didn't actually get released in the united states until 2016 so there was like a really significant amount of time where it was like like film twitter and critics like were all raving about this movie but like just regular audiences couldn't see this movie um i'll I'll double check on that but yeah
2: I had first heard about it on the other, on the, one of my favorite film podcasts, uh, Film Spotting, which is a Chicago WBEZ production, um, and they were going over, like, their most anticipated, I think, of, like, 2013, and The Lobster was, like, top of the list, and they were like, just listen to this cast. Colin Farrell, Ben Whishaw, Olivia Colman, Rachel uh, It's Queen, Rachel Weiss, Queen How Olivia. How dare you? <laughs> yeah. Uh Leah Sadu, like all of these people that were in this movie and they were like and the concept is if you don't fall in love with somebody, you turn into a lobster. What a phenomenal concept. Let's see how this goes. And then there was nothing for like 2 years yeah. of me knowing about this movie, being super hyped for it and not even being able to watch it. And so like maybe I came to the table with a lot of expectations. But then they were all met, and I love this movie, so it worked <laughs> out fine.
0: Even uh, like the side characters in this cast have gone on to do so many things because probably of this movie. Like you have the girl with the bloody nose is the one from End of the Fucking World. The woman yep. no. with the butter biscuits is in Catastrophe. Like they've gone on to. Do That's all what these it, other... I could
1: not. I was like, I recognize her, but I couldn't put my mm-hmm. finger on where sh- where I recognized her from. Mm-hmm. Um, Catastrophe. That was it. Bless. I can't
0: the waitress has gone on to do or not waitress the staff hotel staff lady who gets stabbed oh sorry spoilers <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean you gotta know that we're gonna do spoilers on this show <laughs> yeah uh,
0: she's in something but I can't I didn't she's in up the souvenir
1: see. another a24 joint from last oh, year never which saw very that souvenir is mm-hmm. Tilda Swinton it is yeah one Tilda's, right Tilda's daughter is the main character but Tilda's also in it yeah. so
0: Little Tilda. <laughs> I don't know what did why. you say. I just said Little Tilda, and it was fun to say.
2: <laughs> I heard Royal Tilda, and I was like, "Yes, she is queen." But what's your
1: point? <laughs> Go on.
0: I feel like she, like Queen, isn't. She's so ethereal and otherworldly that Queen isn't a title
2: for her. Her being cast as a character named The Ancient One couldn't have been better, yep. more appropriate casting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's just timeless. She's like seeped through a quantum rip and then was like, I'm gonna act now. Is that okay with everyone? Uh,
0: for everyone who doesn't, you should follow not Tilda Swinton on Twitter.
2: Yeah, it's the best account. <laughs> Truly. An early love of twil- of Twitter for me. Of
0: Twilda? It's Twilder. an early love of Twilda Swinton. <laughs>
2: Twilder, Twilder
1: swindern
2: um oh can we talk about the opening of this movie i was yeah. just yeah the woman driving to a field <laughs> the,
1: angry and you're like who is this the, it's such an <laughs> incredible intro to the movie and i love that it, it like never really, like sorry go ahead it, you, well you like you understand like what's happening after you've watched the rest of the movie But, like, you never get any more clarification on, like, who that donkey was or who that woman (laughs) was. You just, like, see this woman (laughs) driving. And the way that it's it's all shot in that, like, single frame on her and then it, like, pans over. And you just watch her shoot the donkey and you're like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) Also, it's
0: so great because my suspicion is it's probably her ex-husband. Right. But also he became an ass. (laughs) like it is it really just like dives you straight into the like concept of this movie oh
2: yeah and also that that other donkey just looks at it and is like (laughs) wow pretty crazy but like it's a donkey's not a witness but you like do kind of witness a murder it's such a crazy way to start this movie with a total stranger in circumstances that aren't explained Incredible way to start it.
1: Yeah, and then it just goes to, like, the title card. <laughs> You're like, <Yeah>. oh, okay. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> We're off.
0: Yep.
2: Um, yeah. I also... Uh, to, to your point, uh, Tierney, about, like, uh, taking one thing and blowing it up and making it so absurd and satirical, uh, one of the best early jokes in this movie is Colin Farrell doing the intake at the hotel and then when they're like, uh, and are you homosexual or heterosexual? <laughs> he's like, uh, heterosexual. Um, but I did have one homosexual experience in college. Is is bisexual an option? No, sir, I'm sorry. That option is no longer available. And then he's like, okay. And she's like, okay, so homosexual or heterosexual? And the pause <laughs> yeah. that it takes for him to decide <laughs> yeah. what he wants to do. And finally going, I, th- I think I'm going to have to do heterosexual. <laughs> is so funny that like there is no other option it's a binary of like you're either gay or you're straight there's no middle ground we can't we can't deal with uh, middle ground here it's gotta be easy to know
1: i wrote that line down just because i thought it like the line itself is really funny the way it's delivered is really funny but like the questions that it asks are just incredible quote no, sir. This option is no longer available since about last summer due to several operational problems.
0: That's what I want to know more about <laughs> that.
1: A, I want that movie. Yeah. That's the sequel to The Lobster that I am very here for. Like, I, need the, I need all of the operational problems.
0: <laughs> uh, another joke uh, similar to operational of how this hotel works. Oh, we, we explained what the premise of this movie is, didn't we? Uh, that if you don't you go to a hotel as a single person and if you don't find a partner you get turned into an animal of your choosing cuz being single is outlawed in this society <laughs> uh, so part of like one another joke operationally about like the concept at large is the fact that once you get partnered with someone you move into a uh, couples room and then from there you go to like a yacht all to test your compatibility but if at any point you run into difficulties you get assigned children (laughs) because that usually makes it work out
1: (laughs) it's very funny to me so good there's so many like just like all of those little things that happen that are just like incredible commentaries on like relationships that it's every single one of those makes me laugh every single time like the way it's delivered as just like like the way Olivia Coleman just delivers that line, it just like so seriously. It's like, and if you have any problems, you will be assigned children. Assigned children. <laughs> it's like this is the most that, insane bullshit. But it's also like, Yeah, like that's what people do. <laughs> like. Yeah. And trailing off being like, That usually helps. Yeah. <laughs>
0: like, yeah. That's why she is she is Queen Olivia Coleman.
3: Yeah.
1: I was gonna the say, when she's of so good. At it. Real quick, uh, when you were talking about how like all the side characters from this movie have gone on to do things, I mean, like I don't. It's not that she wasn't deserving of the Oscar for the favorite, but like if it weren't for her being in this movie, do you think she would have been in the favorite? You know, like. Hmm.
0: It, it, I think not.
2: That's it, like a, a totally,
1: like, uh, an unrelated. I was just like. To your point she of like a
2: solid five years, I think. Right, like, yeah, but like to Tyrion's point of like
1: people after this movie, even if you know, mm-hmm. like everybody knows who Rachel Vice is, everybody knows who Colin Farrell is, but like people didn't really know who Olivia Colman I was didn't. until this movie. I didn't, I didn't movie. know who this was. Well, I mean I some did. people did. But um <laughs> But like to your point, yeah, like she went on to win a fucking Oscar by working mm-hmm. with this same director. And you know that that like definitely had something to do with it. I'm sure he was like, I'm pretty sure he reached
0: out to her for the favorite, and she was super excited because she loves his scripts. I'm, I mean, feel free to fact check me on that. Send in uh, any edits. Uh, What's her (laughs) email address?
2: (laughs) God, I love her so much. (laughs)
0: Um, but yeah, no. Anyway, sorry. She's. An absolute doll, and she has done a lot of like, she's done drama and comedy, but her brand of comedy is super weird, and I yeah yeah, it's like right up my alley, and so I think that she saw this and was like, ooh yes, <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, and it, I mean even with Fleabag, her jokes like the jokes that Godmother gets are like her <laughs> repeatedly. Putting her hand on uh, the father's hand and going like, oh, I'm so sorry. Every time he interrupts yeah. over and over again to be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, no, you go first. And like her brand of humor is always this kind of like uncomfortable, like, ugh, like you squirm at uh, like how she has to approach a situation or like decides to talk to somebody in this movie. In The Favourite, in uh, Fleabag, she's just so good at being so grounded in reality and doing crazy things that make you so uncomfortable. Of being like, a lobster's an excellent choice. Most people just pick the first animal that comes to mind, which is why we've got so many dogs (laughs) and all the other (laughs) animals are endangered. (laughs) Like, Just saying it so matter-of-factly of like, yeah, becoming a dog is stupid, even though his brother's in the room as a dog. He's so good (laughs) and if
0: you take her character if we took her character through the trajectory of the movie her at the end when her husband goes to shoot her she's like don't do it don't do it and then as they leave the room she's like just yelling at them (laughs) but still gagged on the chair (laughs)
2: yeah the same husband that she's singing with at that awful dance. Oh my god. And just slowly wa- like wobbling back and forth and singing this song with no joy and no emotion.
0: And they're like 4 feet away from each other.
2: Yeah. And then they they pull back the curtains and it's daylight. What a crazy yeah. reveal to be like this is happening in in the daytime. Yeah. They have to socialize like this.
0: God, the oh. amount of stress though that'd be uh a part of like being in this hotel is really a lot. <laughs> oh yeah.
2: yeah. Like the biggest hurdle that I think you have to get over to enjoy this movie is the suspension of disbelief that anyone would be part of this. But that's the point. It's just like everyone just goes along with it. This is just how the city and the hotel work. Uh you either find a new mate or you get turned into an animal or you scrounge and forage in a forest. And you can't touch each other at all. Like, there's no happiness. There's no joy in any direction. And like,
0: even if you're with someone, it can all be t- like Ben Wishaw's wife just died, and he's like, "Here I yeah. am trying to find another spouse."
1: Yeah, like when he says that line, she's like, "She died six days ago." It's like, "Holy <laughs> shit!" Like, <laughs> yeah, there's no time to mourn. <laughs> well, I also I. I don't know if now is necessarily the right time to do that, but I just wanted to talk like more broadly about like this world because I think it's so fascinating. Um, But it's like, is this just like one weird little pocket of like the actual world or is this like a whole world where like there are these hotels throughout the entire world and we're just seeing one of the hotels Um, and like Olivia Coleman's line where she's like that's why we have So many dogs this is like is that why there's So many dogs in the world or Is that why there's so many dogs like In this little area um, I And I don't have answers to that question Or you know but I, I just think that, Like it's a really fun thought experiment to be Like is this like how How widely expanded Is this thing that We're seeing
0: I thought It was I... at least a country if not The world
1: yeah yeah It also feels like... If you
2: really want to pull back... And like... I think it works perfectly well... Being this like... Unreality... Kind of pocket of a story... Where like... The rules... Aren't on a wider basis... Than like this little window... Yeah... If you want to extrapolate more... It would make sense if this is like... Where... Society heads... In a response to population growth... To Mm. be like... And... And the fact that like... They assign kids... And instead of letting you have kids together would also be like, we're just going to use the resources we have. We have all these kids, so we're just going to give them to you. Uh, and, it, like, we have to make sure that there's couples so that, like, there aren't these stragglers who we can't account for. Like, everyone has to be matched up. And the fact that, like, like she was saying, like, that's why so many animals are endangered. It would seem like this is a future that we are already kind of on the track for of like animals becoming endangered because there are too many humans also turning them into animals to reduce the population could be something that's like a real, like you got to do a lot of the work, but yeah, it seems like this is a society that has uh, forgotten emotion or humans being more than animals. And is just like, I mean, if you can't be a, a, a functional member of society as a couple, then you can have sex as an animal and enjoy that, uh, but you don't need to be part of a human society, which is such a crazy way to have that as
1: the foundation for this movie's story. Yeah, <laughs> because, like the society's like, oh well. I was, gonna say, I think I like the movie better if you think of it as like this is just how the entire world is. Like I think mm-hmm. it's because I think it works if you think like this is just the one weird little pocket that we're like glimpsing. But I think. To me, it's funnier, and I think it works better if you, if you broaden it out. But then that also, like, as I was watching it last night, I was wondering, it's like, okay, so if this is the way society is, it's like, once you turn 18, do you go... Because, like, um, David had an ex-wife, and John had a wife who's... Uh, she died six days ago. Um, so it's like, are you like, when you turn 18, do you go to your ho- the hotel for the first time and then you find somebody? I I, I don't know. It's just, like, really interesting to, to, like, try and build out the world. There's, like, it's, it's so... Yeah. There's so many weird things that... I don't know. The two... The youngest girls seem young. The fact yep. that, like,
2: uh, Ben Wishaw's later wife and... Or, like, partner, whatever. And, and the, the
0: Shetland girl... pony.
2: Who with the hair that is the same as when she's a human. I wrote down the pony's hair because I was yep. so blown away by that. And we'll like, talk about Of course about, she like... would choose that. Yes. And the fact that she slaps her friend as uh-huh. she's reading the letter and then is like I want to watch. What movie does she want to watch? With like Kiefer Sutherland. Is it Lost Boys? No.
1: Uh, wasn't it Stand By Me? Stand By Me. Which is like I want to
2: watch Stand By Me with <laughs> For Sutherland and uh, whoever else she says, but like that, and then just a cut to her with that hair on that pony as she's being like paraded away is so <laughs> funny. But they both seem super young, which would suggest that it does seem like you get you hit an age and you have to go and find a match. Um, but the fact that everyone's also so calm when it is such a high, tall order to be like, find your mate. Or extend In, your time here by shooting tranquilizers <laughs> at the people who ran
1: away. I was like... <laughs> if you need more time, single people you have a, who ran away. You have a month and a half, or, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. or you have this option to. Uh, the, I think, sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. No,
0: no, no. You go ahead.
1: I was just gonna say, I, like, it reminded me of another when they're like shooting like target practice, and the guy's like, "There's a reason that all the." the like all, of them, they're all shaped like single people. It's, like, it's so funny.
3: Uh,
0: so I was crazy. just gonna say that the only one who Matt was talking about how calm everyone is, the only one who isn't calm is actually, I would say, like the most pathetic character in the whole movie, and that's John C. Riley. Just He's the one that's scared that he's running out of time when, he, like, he runs into Colin Farrell in the woods. But he's also the one that is like, seems truly worried about being turned into an animal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but also is the one that you're like, God.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah. And he like, uh, and then he can't. He's not even good at like being at the hotel because he like masturbates when you're not supposed
1: to and gets his hand put in a toaster. That. <laughs> When they bring out and just put a toaster on his table, the first time I watched this, I was like, "What? <laughs> like, what the fuck is this?" Yeah, and then watching that whole sequ- <laughs> that whole sequence play out was incredible. <laughs> yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. yeah, he's like truly
2: the most pathetic, like window into this world of you. But I'd also be like, I'd be him. Like, I oh. would not make it at this hotel.
0: Same. I would yeah. be the female version of John C. Riley. <laughs>
2: And it means that he like basically probably has to find somebody with a lisp because that's like the easiest thing to share, but nobody has a lisp, so he's like really struggling. Gets <laughs> left naked out in the forest later. <laughs> poor John C. Riley. Poor, poor John C. Riley. He's so good in it though, mm-hmm. and also a PTA fave. So it was nice to see him pop up uh, in another movie. I don't think he's been in the ones we talked about, but
0: now nah, he was uh, in There Will Be Blood. No, he wasn't. He played an oil rig.
3: Next.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: my oh, words. no!
2: The oil's coming out! Oh, no! <laughs> well, I didn't even think you were going to drill that deep. That's my John C. Riley as an oil rig impression. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. Uh, um, anyway. I don't know where uh, to oh. go next. <laughs> I forgot I forgot all about Rachel Vice being the narration for the first yeah. half. Yeah. And then it stops, right? Basically as soon as he leaves the hotel because she's in the movie.
0: No, it stops eh. once her journal is found.
2: Oh yeah. you're right. You're right, you're right, you're right. Oh, what a great reveal that is too, of like hearing their plan and then immediately pulling the rug out from under you as the agent from the hotel is just reading the journal. <laughs> Incredible reveal. <laughs> brutal. Another brutal. This movie is hilarious and brutal, and I think that's why people can't like it. Yeah, because it just hurts so much to watch, and yet is so very, very, very funny. It also feels like anti Wes Anderson. Like if Wes Anderson wasn't joyful or like whimsical. This is the other end of, like, everything's organized and everything is said exactly as as stated. Everyone says exactly what their intentions are. But everything's a nightmare. There is no whimsy. There is no joy. There's just doom and peril.
0: And everyone is dead inside.
1: <laughs> yeah. just Which is kind of Wes Anderson. Yeah. Everyone is the most dead inside, which I think is as good as... As good a transition as any to talk about the the dialogue of this movie, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I can I can totally understand why people would be turned off by it. But I one of the first things I loved about this movie was the incredibly stilted dialogue that everybody <laughs> delivers, and it's all just uh-huh. like very short sentences, no emotion, just like very awkward deliveries across the board. And it's, like, it's very jarring when you first are entered into that. But then, like, once you see that this is just how everybody does it, you're like, yeah, this is great. I Like, I need yeah. more of this. <laughs> the one girl who's like,
2: I'm here. Uh, I have a very nice smile. And then she just and then smiles. She smiles. <laughs> and everyone <laughs> claps. Every time people clapped was so funny because it was stuff that, like, does not deserve applause. Or was it super weird? And they're just like uh-huh good very good for Sherry, that that's very nice
1: at one point you see I think it's right after uh, Ben Wishaw's character gives his little monologue and he's like going back to his seat and you see Colin Farrell clapping and it looks like he's never clapped before in his entire life <laughs> it's like this fits per- like the visual of him like awkwardly hitting his hands together fits so perfectly with the, like the audio of everybody like barely being able to talk like n- normal people <laughs> it's so good yeah um what are some other incredible
2: moments of dialogue in this movie i mean anything with the woman who feels no emotions whatsoever yeah her dialogue has to be devoid of them i think that whole storyline um which is the catalyst for like the second half of this movie yeah um but like her always having the most people on the hunt and getting more Like 136 days <laughs> And she just keeps adding on to her day count Cause she just She doesn't even want to get coupled Cause it's impossible to be with her Yeah. So she's just like I'm just gonna stay here as long as I can I'm gonna keep racking up tranquilizers Because I don't even care I have no emotion for these people
0: And what's crazy is the thing that nails Colin Farrell Is the fact that when they're having sex He goes nope. Ugh. And she's like what the fuck fuck and then she's like turn on the lights i want to see your face and then she's like he's not dead inside he has emotions i'm gonna kill his
2: brother and then she slaps him when he's in the bathroom crying and he's like i just wet my face i just washed my face they're not real tears yeah oh she's such an insane character and like a pr- like there are so many characters that are villainous and like pretty dangerous individuals and she's probably the most dangerous one at the hotel and leah Sadoo is probably the most dangerous one in the forest yeah and like they're both pretty similar in that they're just like i'm here to do exactly what i want to do yeah and, like my rules go and i'm going to be unabashedly brutal with everyone around
0: me <laughs> i mean the fact that leah Sudo runs this like group of loners in a very tight shoot tight ship and there's so many rules but at the same time it's like four of us are going to go into town to see my parents.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's like it's, what?
2: <laughs> yeah. It is also kind of like uh not communism as in like the like uh the, the best concept of com- like marxism. It's not marxism, but it is like communism where it's like, we all have to be even like everyone gets the same clothes. Everyone wears the same dress. Mm -hmm. Everyone has to abide by the same rules unless you're in a certain category. And then the rules don't really apply to you. And then you can actually do whatever you want. And like, I feel like in the hotel, it's a lot less uh, obvious that there is any difference between the staff and the people. Uh, The fact that Olivia Coleman's husband seems to be have like matched the same way. Um, but definitely in the forest, instantly when she's like, you can't touch each other at all, like no sex. Uh, you have to stay alone, or we'll like disfigure you. Yeah. yeah. You but don't then need to talk about that. Yeah, but <laughs> also will, like I will say, <laughs> you finish your thought, Matt. But I I do have. <laughs> but she's all like you could tell there's a romantic. Uh, involvement between her and this the woman who's the staff at the hotel yeah like it's so clear that they have something going on Mm -hmm. and again that's revealed so early into the time in the forest that you're like oh yeah the rules she she doesn't abide by the rules yeah they're going into town to visit her parents they get to wear clothes and go shopping and do all that stuff she gets to have this kind of vaguely romantic relationship with the staff person so like already the rules are not equal and she's already a villain even though he's outside the hotel it's just as dangerous as before
1: yeah uh the one quick thing i was gonna say is i'm fine not talking about the mutilation but the line like (laughs) uh rachel vice's narration is talking about the I red kiss i knew you were gonna
0: bring that up out of all of them
3: colin and it is so
1: upsetting to says, me i'm not scared of all of those but the one i'm scared of is called the red intercourse i've never Ugh. seen it but you can imagine what it is is so awful and also hilarious and wait, sorry Tierney. i guess it's talking the right
0: kiss were you you like they slice like, their lips and oh, then force them to kiss
1: yeah it's and yeah it's really 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 upsetting but then the the follow-up to that of just the red funny, intercourse but it's like really it's, gross at the same it's time it's so awful <laughs> yeah. sorry tyranny i couldn't resist <laughs> it's okay. um i also while we're talking about Dialogue-ish and villains-ish. Uh, when the uh, butter biscuit woman tries to commit suicide, Ooh. first of all, when she's telling Colin Farrell about it, and that part she's, is very well done. It's so funny. I love that. Like. <laughs> <laughs> you see her give her whole like monologue and then the exact same thing is done in Rachel Vice's narration like seconds later. <laughs> I thought that yeah. was really funny. But also when she's telling him the first time, she's like I live on the first floor, so I might do it from the third floor or maybe the fourth floor. But then you get the reveal, like once she's like just lying on the ground bleeding, Colin Farrell's like, what happened? And the woman who has no emotion is like, she jumped out the window from room 180. There's blood and biscuits everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) That, I think, was the first time this movie was
2: truly like so twisted that I like was cackled. Like I remember the first time watching it being like, this is so absurd <laughs> like what can you do but laugh because also I didn't realize it. I've only seen this movie I think this is probably my third time and I think the first time uh, or the second time I really wasn't paying attention to like pick up little things but the fact that his plan was to go on the hunt and then say like I wish we had real bullets that we could kill them right here yeah, and then seize his opportunity just happen upon him that he can now make his play in a different way and his angle is to be like, I wish
1: you would just die already instead of keep screaming and bothering all of us. Well, yeah, the the way he's like, I hope she dies quickly. Actually, on second thought, I hope that she just like suffers. And like the like that little pause where he's like doing his mental calculus of like, oh, wait, actually, now's my moment. It's so good.
2: And then he kicks the shin of the little girl. Like his whole yeah. turn to try to be a monster is so funny. Uh, but like but specifically when that woman jumps out of the window and you're just like listening to her scream and the daylight changes before anyone even comes out to get her like the light visibly changes as the woman with no emotion just like watches it happen it's so so incredibly crazy that i think that's also the moment where most people would probably be like nope i don't <laughs> want to yep. do this anymore uh, it's also
0: followed me, it by like, like uh, the killing of his brother where i think a lot of people would yeah. be like too much too much yeah,
1: yeah that's a like this whole movie is extremely dark but that that particular sequence is just it's yeah. it's unbearably dark <laughs> the favorite feels like his least
2: like violent and aggressive movie which
0: is probably why uh, people love it so
2: much right well it's also and to imagine people watching it and going back and then being like let's watch all of his other movies and being like oh because oh, oh. yeah. killing of a sacred deer is no joke like <laughs> that movie is so dark that like the humor personally the humor is not as prevalent as it is in is there the, isn't the as much We're, of it I
0: so would say no. the funniest part of killing of a sacred deer is the end
1: so the, i was gonna say i here's here's my here's my hot take for you guys i do love the lobster i like sacred of a S- killing killing of a sacred deer more not, not i don't think not. it's i don't think it's funnier like the lobster is definitely funnier the lobster is definitely smarter but like I, for whatever reason when Tierney and i went to see killing of a sacred deer together like we were fucking dying at that final sequence and like nothing in the lobster made me <clears throat> nothing in the lobster made me laugh as hard for as long as that like final sequence in killing of a sacred deer. But that whole movie is just incredibly depressing. <laughs>
2: yeah, Fun I fact- like this oh, one sorry, so much more. No, I just like this one so much more.
0: Uh, I like the lobster more cause it's funnier, but killing of a sacred deer is so weird that i can't help but respect it
3: yeah Mm -hmm.
0: as as strange as it is uh so i just as a little side note i saw i've seen killing of a sacred deer with each of you guys separately the first times you've ever seen it oh that's fun (laughs) Callan (laughs) touched on the we went to go see it at the movie theater and i believe this was the same movie where i made Colin, buy me a pack of socks from Target because my feet got wet from walking in the rain. (laughs) Yes, I had forgotten about that. And I was barefoot in the theater just with, like, socks on. Uh, That was just a side note that I wanted to share. But then watching Matt watch Killing of a Sacred Deer, I know this was not the movie for this week, but the first half of that movie, or the first act of that movie is, like, pretty uncomfortable to watch and matt was just looking at the projector just going h- clutching his face and going oh why <laughs>
2: everything like the awkward but kind of <clears throat> banally funny moments in this movie where like she, he's like i really like your hair and then the later shetland pony goes like oh thanks and then just tilts her head down and shows him her hair yeah. <laughs>
1: from the, like there's no there's no bigger game she plan. like it's does it to, to like, one side like. she does it to the other side yeah. she leans forward and pulls it all forward <laughs> yeah it's
2: like that moment is so funny and the similar moment in killing of a sacred deer which is not a spoiler it just happens where uh Barry Keown and the two kids uh of Colin Farrell are in <laughs> her room or the kid the little boys room and then I think the little boys like do you have underarm hair And he's like, yeah, do you want to see it? And then Barry Keogh just shows him his underarm hair. It was, like, the craziest (laughs) moment. I remember being like, what the fuck is happening in this reality? And, like, in The Lobster, it, like, makes sense. The rules make sense. Because you're like, you got to show your assets. you got to prove that you're desirable. But in Killing of a Sacred Deer, it's just, like, people do these things because they think like it and the world is so much more haunting and terrifying yeah because there's no rules there's no reason they're doing any of
0: it it's definitely more of a horror movie i think uh
1: absolutely yeah.
0: i thought matt that you were going to talk about the scene where you which i specifically remember you clutching your face which also has to do with body hair with barry Keoghan and karen is that how you say his name i don't really know and colin karen? Farrell, like uh <laughs> Unbuttoning and showing each other their chest hair in the doctor's office is like,
2: what? (laughs) And I think just Colin Farrell's whole relationship with everyone around him in yeah of a Sacred Deer makes me so deeply uncomfortable because I love Colin Farrell and that character is like a not, not a good person. Yeah. And the whole family is not great and neither is Barry Keogh. No one's likable. And the lobster, they're likable despite their circumstances yeah uh, which i think is different
0: and i do um, think that the love story between uh colin yes. farrell and Rachel vice is like actually like sweet given the circumstances
1: oh for sure yeah it's very like moving they like their whole storyline <laughs> like i love that they it's so weird and uncomfortable but when the the second time they go to Leah Sadu's parents' house and they're just, like, (laughs) full-on making out on the couch. Like, the first time when he's just, like, telling the story, like, trying to sell that they are a couple, it's like, oh, that's really cute. And then the second time when they're just, like, probably gonna bone down on that couch. It's like, it's very, it's so absurd and it's so funny, but it's also, like, oh, it's so sweet. Like, this is the moment where they actually can do the thing that they want to do. And then yeah. she's just like, stop it. It's my parents. They're playing music for you. Show some respect.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, I, I
2: think also like, if you look at it as like another point of uh, satire or commentary, the fact that they develop their own language yeah. um, and this like code that they can enjoy in front of everybody is pretty typical of actual couples. Like even outside of this crazy weird world, it's like, in a couple you develop the secret language um, between each other you have these like little coded messages that you know what they mean so that you can like leave a party or like communicate you're not feeling uh excited or happy so like that being twisted into this like because they can't show that they're into each other they have to like stroke a tree or like (laughs)
0: lay down and stare at the sky
2: stand up sit down stand up sit down like and that that is like the enjoyable little coded language that they have is very sweet uh Mm -hmm. and then it also speaks to how despite those commonalities despite that like discovered language between two people it can maybe not work out so well it could also like unforeseen circumstances might derail uh how close this bond it really is um which i think that ending is so brutal because it is like oh no like i thought this was gonna be nice maybe but it's not (laughs) nothing's
0: nice it ends at like oh god sorry there's a siren driving by uh it ends at such like a cliffhanger to where it could be nice again to where they still that's the I mean, the fact that they need to have short-sightedness in common is ridiculous. <laughs> and him being like, "Do you speak German? Do you do all these other things?"
1: The list of things that he's just like, <laughs> it's, it's so ridiculous. Do you and piano, and yeah. Do you, and yeah <laughs> it, <laughs> uh, every single the, one of them just gets more and more like tenuous. It's like, <laughs> yeah. like, okay, short-sightedness is like, okay, that's a thing. And then it's like, what's your blood type? Okay, that's a thing. And then it just like gets to the point where it's like piano like literally anything like are there any things that we have in common that we can like build this relationship on in this weird society is so sad
0: (laughs) but i think the fact that he is willing to blind himself to be with her is kind of romantic
2: is he though is he willing or is he trying to make that leap and never makes it and that's i think the question that the movie leaves it on is like is he about to leave this blind rachel vice who also, I feel like I haven't done my proper amount of prostrating.
0: Yeah, I prostrating, you love her.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, prostrating towards the altar of Rachel Vice, one of my favorite actresses. I think she's phenomenal in this movie. I think she's phenomenal in every movie she's in. Uh, but yeah, like the fact that she only comes in halfway through and then is the final shot of the movie. Um, and she's the narration. She's the main character, I think. But <laughs> is he gonna leave? Is he going to leave her at this diner blinded um, because he can't he can't make that leap for her? Um, or is he still trying
0: in the bathroom?
2: I don't know if he's going to do it, though. It's like... I don't know if he's going to do it.
0: The top in Inception, it is open to interpretation.
2: But also the fact that we proceed all of it with him already feeling a, a reduction in feelings for her because they're not so similar anymore. Like, the palpable difference in when they when she could see and now that she can't trying to find some way to make it work not like asking her if she knows how to play piano or speak german is ignoring the fact that they developed their own language together and that and is it a similarity visual. that they share right yeah <clears throat> oh right but but also just like that they've bonded and it wasn't because of their nearsightedness it was because they were similar personalities but because the society has twisted their vision of what a real couple should have, I think he leaves her at the diner. I don't think he he stays with her. It's and it's brutal. But like that is the threat. That is, he's also not a great guy. Like he
0: no, he's not wanted
2: to be with this emotionless <laughs> woman. And it's about survival. It's about settling. Like if we're gonna blow this out to an actual commentary, like it's about settling, and yeah. about people that don't want to settle or admit that they should could try harder in something and just quit altogether. Um, but I think also, the fact is, I think to your point, Tierney, if he does leave her, he's got to go back to the hotel and he can't do that either. So the choice really is between knifing your eyes out or becoming an animal. And which is he going to choose? Which does he decide? Probably blinding
1: himself? But... There's really no evidence to support that he definitely does. Yeah. I mean, I like like you said, I don't really know what his other options are. Cause, yeah. You know, because they, they, they set that up in the scene where they're, like, at the mall. And, like, a security guard comes up to him and is like, mm-hmm. let, let me see your papers that show that you're in a relationship. Which is <laughs> so deeply fucked up. But it's like he... So, yeah, like, he either leaves her... And then goes back to the hotel and becomes a lobster, or he leaves her and goes back to the people in the forest and probably dies, or he blinds himself. And, like, I don't know, like, I don't know what I think, but, like, none of those options are are enticing. <laughs> Lobsters live a hundred years. And they stay fertile their whole lives. Yeah. <laughs> So maybe he and should he loves the sea.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Oh, this is a perfect time. And I think we've talked about a lot of this movie now that we've reached the end. Uh, my question, uh, posed to you, uh, is what animal would you become if you had to become an animal? So I knew
1: this was coming. Good. Um, <clears throat> I honestly, I genuinely think I would pick a dog. Um, I know there's that, too that, many
0: like, of them, Colin. You need to pick. I know
1: a yeah, you're the reason there's so many. <laughs> I, uh, I just love dogs so much. And I often see pictures of dogs just being like real doofy. And I'm like, oh, God bless your little heart. You're like, you're just you're so sweet and you, you care so much about your humans and you just get to sleep all the time and eat. And like, that sounds great, honestly, just like lying on the couch for 20 hours a day. Sign me up.
2: Tierney, do you have an idea?
0: I'm torn. Uh, So I'm torn between uh, my childhood favorite animal, which is either a lion or a tiger. I think that it would be nice to not... to the only creature that would kill you being a human um, Mm -hmm. or another lion. I also like that they travel in pride, so there's like a community aspect to it. Uh... My other animal would be a monkey, because I think they're still, I think I'd probably actually go monkey, because they have uh, opposable thumbs on Mm -hmm. both arms and legs, uh, and they seem mischievous, but then also there's still, like, the community aspect of it. I'd definitely be a monkey.
2: Yeah. You could also be a celebrity. Lots of of star monkeys in movies. True. Yeah, you know. Smiling. Eating, eating <laughs> stolen fruit, giving thumbs-ups.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I'd like to Do be we... a, a, a monkey that continuously steals things from people.
1: Yeah, Like a cute. mischievous monkey. Do we think that once you're turned into the animal, like, you maintain, like, you're still conscious of, like, the fact that you were a human and you are now whatever animal you choose? Or are you just, like... An animal with that animal's level of intelligence, I, in I would argue, you do. Okay,
3: you I doing? would
2: argue you don't because they remove so many organs. Yeah, oh, like yeah. your brain has to be the size of a lobster's brain, and so the processing right. couldn't possibly be the same. Okay, never mind. Um, yeah. Also, that description of the transformation is so—it's uh, delivered so matter-of-factly, and it's so horrific and it just sounds like mummification they're like and then they take out all the organs and then they move the blood (laughs) like
1: ship out the blood and then they (laughs) reduce you down to the size of a shetland pony i was Um, a little disappointed that we never got a chance to actually see the transformation process in the same way that like when (laughs) when we talked about mad max and i was like I'm really bummed that you never actually get to see Immortan Joe's face after like his mask got ripped off. Like in that same way, I'm a little bummed that we never got to see an actual transformation because it sounded so horrifying. That was like, yeah, I'm here for this. (laughs) Yeah. Also, uh,
2: since no one was gonna ask me, well, we
1: were we got sidetracked. I was about
2: to, I was about to ask you. Fine, if you really want to know, well, I don't. Uh, but
1: it only seems fair to ask you. <laughs> uh,
2: I would choose a bear, uh, and not just because uh, it's the obvious gay uh, <laughs> uh, parallel. But I've always loved bears. I think they live in cool places. I love forests. What kind uh, of bear? Would you like, like a polar Greece bear or brown? Oh a damn! Or brown.
0: You're going like streets to top bear there.
2: I also don't want to be killed by anything but a human, if that yeah. is what happens. Uh, so the bigger, the more grisly, the better. Um, you get to sleep in the winter, so you don't have to deal with uh, seasonal affective disorder. Uh, your steady diet is salmon and raw <laughs> salmon, which like,
3: oh my
0: bitch, god, this is
2: that's so already long. my life. I was already <laughs> like, that's already just, the like, way <laughs> I live my life. Uh, you <laughs> eat a lot of sweets. You like eat honey bitch loves honey. This bitch loves
1: honey. You fucking just love Winnie poo the Pooh so much. Yeah, it's like it's yeah, all get,
2: coming together. <laughs> you can get wet in like a cool river but you can also like dry off and like climb a tree and like fucking live in Yellowstone National Park. Like who wouldn't want to be a dope ass bear? Um, <laughs> and like cute as hell as a baby. I think uh, even adult like,
0: bears are like adorable.
2: Yeah, I think they're phenomenally cute except for when they're shaved and then they really look just terrifying. I've never seen look a shaved up a, bear. Yeah, everybody listening to this, BRB. look up a shaved
1: bear. <laughs> yeah. It looks Hold like.
2: On. Yeah. Hold, please. It looks like a monster.
1: Yeah. Uh, any but animal I, that's shaved. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs> that fur is covering a lot of angles you did not expect. Oh. Why would they do this? Oh. <laughs> I think, you know, it would have to be like because their their fur is matted and stuff oh. or like this is a know.
0: zoo a zoo bear. It is well, so upsetting. It looks more than ever like a human in a suit.
2: It's a creature.
1: Yeah. It's so Its eyes Yeah. This is going to haunt it... haunt me for a very long time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they're so cute normally. This is so upsetting.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> And that's why you
2: gotta protect bears. having... oh God! Look at this one. I'm just gonna show you. Yep, one. that's
1: like, the one. That's the first one that growling, I saw. <laughs> hunched,
2: about but to guys, leap at you. Look at those
0: shaved alpaca. Oh.
2: <laughs> Can we include these images on this podcast? I don't know yeah, please. If I want
0: a shaved bear on the website.
1: I would like it, please. <laughs> I think it's only fair considering that we fully digressed at this yeah. point. Like. Also, the people need uh, the people need to be as haunted as we are about to be for the rest of yeah. our lives.
2: <laughs> also, uh, another—it's nice to pepper in uh, memories from us being Rammies. Uh, but one Christmas, I bought us each animal ornaments. Oh yeah! And those animals were: Kalman was a dog, Tierney was a lion, and I was a bear. And so your answers fit perfectly, except that Tierney changes to monkey. And I never bought you an ornament for monkeys, so it doesn't count. So fucking That's rude. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, but how appropriate that we ended up That's all fun. these years later still picking the same animals.
1: I had forgotten about that because I didn't put up a Christmas tree last year. So thank you for the reminder. That was very, very fun. Yeah. Also, that worked out really well because it seems like that was your plan to get us to like say that what what would have happened if all three of us would have gone completely different oh, direction i wouldn't have brought it up oh, okay. i wouldn't have brought up
2: the ornaments at all but it worked out so well yeah, and then
0: just like the podcast ends and matt just sits at his desk like oh, got the wrong
3: animals god damn it <laughs> <laughs> oh, i didn't even pick them uh,
2: um i that was my last note was just asking that question
1: so do we want to uh, do tattoos what the one other thing it's not even like a thought it's just like or a commentary or anything i just it made me laugh really hard. so i watched most of this movie yesterday i watched the last 15 minutes this morning um but they're the game that they invent once she, rachel vice is blind mm-hmm. she's like do you want to play another game of touch guess think win oh, <laughs> oh. and then he's like <laughs> no more today <laughs> And you're like, oh my god! And she's she's like, holding oh. a tennis ball, and she's like, a kiwi. And he's like, yes, correct, ten out of ten again. <laughs> <laughs> so, cool. oh, when she crinkles the plastic cup, it's like plastic cup. <laughs> oh. Or, oh my god,
2: wait, but the first time that he goes and talks to her before he realizes she's blind. And he's like, here, I got this for you. And she's like, mm, I'm so hungry, thank you so much. And he's like, it's a big flashlight. And she's like, oh, it was so big that I thought it was food. (laughs) Is, oh god, that's so brutal. And And his, like, you got a
0: haircut, you look really handsome today. (laughs)
2: Like, really overdoing it. Oh, oh! There are so many moments we have to still talk about in that ending of the fact that she stabs the the woman and then Leah Sedu matches it. Yeah, almost like Annihilation. Yep. If you've seen Annihilation, yep. this like there's something so haunting about mimicry, about something pretending like it's you in some awful circumstance, and like that moment of her falling with her and not and just letting her die was is like. A ch- it's the final moment, even with Leia to do, but it really like puts a a real fine punctuation on her character. That like this person she was friends with maybe more, she just lets die in front of her and then mimics falling down to like cover that she's not stabbed. Mm-hmm. Crazy, and she puts her in front of the knife. What a crazy moment!
1: That whole sequence is really upsetting.
2: Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so hungry.
1: It's a flashlight. <laughs> So I like what she's like. I might as well tell you now. You're gonna find out eventually. It's like, well, yeah, clearly <laughs> he just yeah. found out. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't really have anything else to say. That movie's real weird. Yeah, uh, and so funny. In such, you, in such a delight. Ready to laugh. Yeah, like if you're if you're on that wavelength, then you're in for a real treat. And if you're yeah. not. Sorry.
2: <laughs> um, tattoos? Just awards?
1: A giant Which lobster. One? Smart. Just a huge fucking lobster. Taking you up my get the entire like, of a chest. single person. Oh yeah. Mm. Or a hand in a toaster. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Describe the animal changing process. They talk about uh, how they take your skin off until it's just muscles, so you can get muscles tattooed all over your whole body.
1: Yeah, no, smart. That seems the most logical choice.
0: So you just so have a f- like a muscle?
1: A f- yeah, a full body tattoo of just muscles. <clears throat> all People of my skin have has those been removed.
0: Tattoos though, where it looks like the skin is peeling away and there's muscle underneath.
2: Yeah, yeah. And then Calvin is peeing on it or something.
0: I've also seen ones where the looks like the skin is pulling away and they've made it look like they're a robot inside.
1: So that one's pretty dope. Yeah, I'm, I'm all yeah. in for that.
0: They one. were both upsetting to me.
1: I've wow. seen when I was uh, researching ideas for my actual tattoo, I saw a couple that are like similar to that, where it's like, you know, there's like part of the skin missing. But then on the inside was the Chicago flag. And I was like, oh, Bless.
2: It's a little tacky
1: though. Yeah, opinion. no, that's why I was like, I'm not gonna do that. But I was
2: like,
3: oh, <laughs> it's
2: cute. My skin got shredded, and there was a flag underneath. There.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's pretty American.
2: Um, <laughs> would we want to hang out on this set? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Not 100%. only
0: is it a great cast and great people, but it is filmed in Ireland, and so you would leave that oh. set, and then you'd walk, and then go to a pub, and then chat with people
1: yeah yeah i was actually thinking about that uh like i said i finished the movie this morning and i was thinking like this movie is so deeply weird but everybody seemed to be like bought in you know like sometimes when you see a movie that's a little off the reservation you're like okay and there's like some people are into it and you can tell that some people necessarily aren't into it But like this one, it seemed like everybody was like on board with whatever the hell this thing is. And like that just seemed like a really cool. Atmosphere, Like, outside of, like, the actual people who are in the movie. Mm -hmm. Outside of Yorgos. Outside of the fact that it's shot in Ireland. Like, just the fact that this small group of people were all coming together to make this thing that is so unlike anything I've ever seen before. Mm -hmm. Seemed like a really cool vibe to just, like, hang out in for, you know, probably a month or however long they shot this movie.
2: I also imagine just, like, uh, a movie where the script and world are so restrained and uh emotionless and calculated and the jokes are delivered with such a dry delivery that every time you cut had to be so funny you yeah know? people just like cackling over what <laughs> they had to do over how insane everything that they're saying is like and imagining that of like having to pull in and be like all right action and everyone just being these emotional robots <laughs> and then as soon as you cut it's olivia coleman hanging out with colin farrell who like Colin Farrell couldn't be playing more against type, or at least of of who he actually is, who is, like, a fast-talking Irish, kind of, like, uh, tattooed, like, real, uh, sometimes he just seems, like, dirty, uh, but that makes him only more charming. He's just, like, this very, like, normal dude, uh, playing this kind of restrained, uh, mustachioed, uh, person um so imagining him between takes of just being Colin Farrell would be incredibly fun for me because as I've already said I think he's incredibly hot and I love Colin Farrell and so being on set with him when he's actually emotional would be a
1: thrill
0: I like his mustache (laughs) in this movie um yeah I'd also love to hang out with Olivia Colman
1: do you think he like put on weight for the movie or do you think it was like a bodysuit I think he put on weight. Yeah. I think he's talked mm. about how uh,
2: – because he does – the sometimes he does, like, a uh, Christian Bale kind of like – Yeah, he's definitely not, like, Christian
1: Bale level, but, like
2: – Yeah. I think he talked about, like, how fun it was gaining weight for this movie. And you could tell, like, Christian Bale even, like, they're not actual – like, they're not typically overweight. And so when they do put on pounds, it's like the abs push forward, and it's yeah. such a, like – firm stomach that it looks like okay yeah this is temporary <coughs> you're gonna get fit again uh that's just like who you really are underneath the makeup um but yeah also being with rachel Weiss and john c Riley and ben wishaw i love ben wishaw go watch london spy if you want more ben wishaw uh yeah what a fun set this would be to stay on
1: yeah um So, this movie was only nominated for one Academy Award. Any guesses? Screenplay. Yeah. Uh, Fair. Best original screenplay. Um, It was up against... Excuse me. Manchester by the Sea, which won. Oh. 20th Century...
0: What?
1: (laughs) Uh, 20th Century Women, Hell or High Water, La La Land, and The Lobster. I mean... The only one that I could uh, take off the list and be fine
2: with would be Lala Land. I think the other ones were great scripts. I think Lala Land script is nothing. <laughs> oh my God, is that Colin Farrell in a, in a mask?
0: And no Running? shirt, yeah. Uh, mm. I'll text it to you.
1: Yeah,
2: put that one up on the website.
1: I was too. gonna say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He's, um, he's got these, like, <laughs> really haunting images of animals with no fur and then just a fucking ripped Colin Farrell running down the street oh, no, with no shirt and, a, and a mask on. He
0: historically Oh, maybe he doesn't. I was going to say, I thought he did have chest hair, but he doesn't in that one. But no. I. think no, he's expected. pretty smooth.
2: He's pretty smooth. <laughs> um, <laughs> the... <laughs> oh, the script, though. Yeah, I think... I mean, Manchester by the scene... Manchester by the sea has my heart's broken and I know your heart's broken too. Yeah. Which is pretty uh, brutal uh, screenwriting. Yeah. It's pretty great. Uh, And Mm. I think La La Land is a nothing script. I think that script is terrible. Uh, And so (laughs) that this uh, La La Land couldn't even hold a candle to the lobster script. Yeah. Um, The lobster script achieves moments of such pure uniqueness uh,
1: that like I think it was the most unique script. I was man, gonna say it's definitely sure. the most original screenplay. Yeah, I don't know if I would necessarily say it was the best original screenplay, but I do think that like, I don't, I, I don't necessarily know that. That's a pretty stacked category though that year. Yeah, truly. Good. Um, the only other one I would say there are two maybe. Um, best actor. Um. Mm-hmm. Yep. Casey Affleck won Andrew Garfield for Hacksaw Ridge oh god I forgot about that movie gross uh, Ryan Gosling for La La Land Viggo Mortensen for Captain Fantastic and Denzel Washington for Fences I feel like we could probably get Colin Farrell in here somewhere you could take Garfield out probably right I mean he like he was good in that movie but that movie wasn't that good <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I'd fine take him out Matt um, here's
0: him on the lobster film set being all chatty and smiley
1: hell yeah
2: oh <laughs> uh, yeah yeah i would not want to be on a killing of a sacred deer set i will say that now uh but i will be on the lobster set but i don't want to be on killing of a sacred deer at all i would like to stay i would like to steer clear of that past event if i can ever jump in time and go there i think i would probably spend
1: time on the killing of a sacred deer set <laughs>
2: I don't want to eat. I don't want to see in person Barry oh, yeah. eating spaghetti in his underwear. I don't
1: want to see that in
2: person. <laughs> <laughs> it's something I don't need to experience for real.
1: What's um, more upsetting, him eating spaghetti or Rooney Mara eating pie in a ghost? Oh, story? him eating spaghetti. <laughs> I was. <laughs> him I was.
0: Spaghetti was funny.
1: Yeah, it's so
2: gross though and like it's on it like there's stains on his shirt i just can't (laughs) rooney mara eating an entire apple pie and ghost story uh made me want apple pie is what that effect had on me whereas i didn't want to eat spaghetti after seeing barry keon shovel it in his mouth in his underwear um uh what was i gonna say about oh i think also production design uh is pretty unique there's the tattoo right there (laughs) yeah tyranny's showing a picture of colin farrell's head on a lobster body uh, Very so similar to media.
1: well, I know, but I'm assuming that she's going to put some of these up on the on the website. Um, but I feel like that would go really well with the the film strip pasta Alfredo film
0: fettuccine mm-hmm. film fettuccine Alfredo.
1: Oh God, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alfredo.
2: Um, um, <clears throat> but yeah, I think production design of just like how bland they've made this world but also how incredibly specific everything is um, I like but I could also see this not winning against anything else from
1: there. so here's what was nominated that year uh, La La Land which won mm-hmm. Arrival which is my queen um, Yes. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them Woof. Hail Caesar and Passengers what a weird fucking category that year yeah. oof that's that's rough stuff i would say Um, one
0: thing it should probably have been nominated for wait matt what category were you just talking about
2: production design
0: okay never mind i was gonna say cinematography
2: oh yeah it is a beautiful movie
1: too um i was lighting is perfect
2: Mm -hmm. yeah i was also
1: gonna say possibly getting uh olivia in there for best supporting I yeah. just dropped my it mic means... but
0: yes, Olivia always. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: we had Viola Davis for fences who won, Naomi Harris for moonlight, Nicole Kidman for Lion, uh, Michelle Williams for Manchester by the Sea and Octavia Spencer for Hidden Figures. Uh, I don't think yeah, Olivia no, Colman deserved to be in there. Yeah. Uh, that's a, that's I once I looked category. at the once I looked at the list I was like, "Nope. <laughs> we yeah. made the right call here." God, that was a
2: pretty God, bad category, category. Yeah,
1: five that's incredible performances. Even Nicole Kidman good. and Lion. Yeah, yeah. Wow.
0: I don't really remember good her job. Lion.
1: Good job, 2016. Yeah. Um, Is that it? I think the, I those think are all it. the other categories. Yeah. Oh, I can. Um, I'll just give you. I'll just drop this one in here just for consistency's sake. So, best cinematography. La La Land 1, Arrival, Lion, oh. Moonlight, and Silence for the nominees that year. Silence, the Scorsese? Yeah.
2: I haven't seen it. My friend Kyle Is really likes it. Is that just
0: for pure, like, amount of time that cinematography exists?
1: <laughs> In a single movie? Mm-hmm. Probably. I think so. Aren't those the rules? I don't know. I'm not a member of the Academy. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Um, what have you guys been up to this week?
2: I'll start um i've watched <laughs> i'll start I've, I've watched some movies uh i watched 13th uh for the first time long overdue you'd never uh, seen it before no oh my I, god that movie is so good it's it's the i mean i've never felt about a documentary that i was immediately after finishing it i was like i have to rewatch that probably every month or a few weeks to, like, actually take in the amount of information that is packed in an hour and 40 minutes. Uh, and it's just... It couldn't be a, a more clearly delivered mm-hmm. uh, indictment of the entire justice system in America. Uh, not even just, uh, like, imprisonment, but just everything that leads to imprisonment, the campaigns against drugs that were just specifically only targeted at black communities purely to disrupt them and Mm -hmm. to break them apart Um, and it's on record like it's recorded it could like it's a incredibly powerful documentary it's also made very well like every time the graphic of the prison numbers is shown to like rise and stack up so quickly within a five year gap um, it just like packs a punch every time Um, yeah Ava DuVernay I think it's probably one of the best made documentaries of probably the last like 20 50 yep. years it's, it i'm not be
1: better i'm not super familiar with her filmography like uh selma was the first time i'd ever heard of her um but in my opinion of the very few movies of hers that i've seen that's like far and away the best one it's so yeah. so good i also love that <clears throat> in it uh they go like nixon awful
2: reagan awful like bush did some some shitty stuff and then when they get to clinton they're like clinton probably did the worst stuff like clinton passed some stuff that really Mm -hmm. fucking leveled everything out uh and then he was he apologized and then they also include footage of him like losing it and not and like kind of walking back on the apology and it's just presented as this is what happened you get to make the decision of yourself whether this guy is actually repentant um, and so it really, I don't see it as a biased documentary either, which yeah. is more powerful that yeah. it's just like, here are the facts. Yep. And like, we're not pretending like anybody did better when it was white people still making decisions <coughs> that were hurting communities. So like, everyone is to blame. Uh, yeah, incredible documentary. Uh, also on Netflix, which the lobster is also on Netflix. Uh, and then I all, it's speaking of David DuVernay, we watched the first episode of When They See Us. Uh, which is about the Central Park Five. The first hour is... uh, brutal. Like, the most tense, like, uh, just wrong... Like, you're just watching so much evil happen on screen uh, against these innocent kids. Uh, So another powerful movie. A TV series. Mm -hmm. A limited series. Uh, But we started that. I have to keep watching that. And then... Uh, we watched The Death and the Life of Marsha P. Johnson, uh, also on Netflix, uh, and that was really good. I feel like it had less to do with just uh, Marsha P. Johnson, but it was okay because it actually like, profiled other people that were in um, the Stonewall Riots and in the LGBTQ uh, like, period of civil uh, rights engagement between like '69 when Stonewall uh, started and through the 90s um and so it's a a great documentary just to get kind of an expanded window into that time period into the people that are still making a difference uh into the organizations that are um still trying to get rights for trans individuals and to uh make sure that justice is served for cases that they are not being uh given the amount of attention or uh police work that they deserve um so that was also like a a really powerful documentary um but uh, a lot broader of a of a scope in its storytelling than i was expecting but it was good it was very good um i think those i think that's what i've watched i can't think of other stuff right now but all great all incredible and i think all on
1: netflix i think i think all of them are on netflix so um interestingly enough the uh the same year that the lobster came out here were the best documentary feature nominees at the academy awards oj made in america which won 13th fire at sea i am not your negro and life animated
0: wait the oj won beat 13th
1: yes and i remember being very upset about it at the time and i'm still upset about it oj made in america is very good but it's also a TV it's, series. It's yeah. eight hours long. It's not a fucking movie. Like, like it's yeah. it's consistent all the way throughout. But like, it it's unfair for, and I I think one thing that really I really appreciated because I watched almost all all five of those like in fairly quick succession. Um, but like to your point, there's so much stuff in Thirteenth that like Thirteenth could have very easily been an eight-hour miniseries.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And the fact that it was a, a little over an hour and a half, and crammed in all the information, and was just like so tight, that like it, it to me it was way more impressive yeah. than anything else that OJ made in America did. But also, uh, I am not your Negro is another really good movie that you should add to your list. I think it's I know free on Prime right now. Maybe it might even be on that. Um, I'm not 100% sure it's definitely streaming for free somewhere and is also very good that was a really fucking good year for documentaries our local theater the Hollywood theater in Portland
2: uh has been hosting uh streaming uh,
1: like virtual uh, cinema yeah
2: and they've been doing it with like just any movies uh but over the last week uh which we're recording beginning of June so over the last week uh when the Black Lives Matter movement has really finally uh taken a lot of national and international attention rightfully so uh the Hollywood gave like a list of movies that you could stream and then you can also donate to watch them like through their channels oh yeah Um, and so I am not your negro was on that list yeah uh and I think uh, I can't remember the other ones that were also on their list but uh but yeah that one is definitely one that I am intending on watching probably in the next couple days uh but I also ordered two James Baldwin books, um, and I'm excited to read those too. So,
0: nice. Which books?
2: Giovanni's Room and The Fire Next Time, um, and I'm excited to read both of those. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll have more to say on that when I've read some of those books. But that's the media I've been taking in this week.
1: That's nice. What else been doing? Um, I like realistically, I've spent most of my media consumption on Twitter, just like mainlining all the depressing shit that's been happening over the last week um i got i get my like weekly screen time notification um and before quarantine i was like usually in like the six hour per day range and it's been like steadily increasing during quarantine Mm -hmm. um this morning it was i broke the nine hour per day barrier (laughs) and i would i would say I I can look it up and find the stats, but like just on gut feeling alone, I would say at least seven of those hours per day are just on Twitter. (laughs) I'm just like uh, feeding all this bad shit into my brain and hating everything um, and being really sad about everything. Uh, But to balance that out, I've been watching, I've been trying to watch like some more lighthearted stuff um, since the real world is such a garbage nightmare um, so I finished watching the great which I really enjoyed um, I basically I the same stance as last week um, you know it's it's not great but it is really good it's funny um, and I think it works I, I could potentially see a second season of it but I do think it works really well as like a miniseries um, hmm. so like if it doesn't get a second season I'd be perfectly fine with that as well um, and then I also watched uh, Um, never have i ever which is um, mindy kaling's new netflix show um about uh, an indian girl growing up in la um it's like a coming of age story that one is very fun i strongly recommend that one um it's like streaming it's on netflix yeah um i really wanted to like the mindy project and there were moments of the mindy project i really like but i could never fully get into the mindy project um but i was like very in on never have i ever like basically from jump like it's not like revolutionary by any means like it follows a lot of the same like high school kid trope coming of age stuff but it's like it's done in a fun and like unique way and obviously like the main character like all of all three of like the main characters are all um people of color which is really fun because um, you don't get to see a lot of that in those stories these days or ever um so I, I did i enjoyed that and i would recommend it and then the last thing i finally finished my fast and furious rewatch and guys those movies are dope and i can't wait for us to cover all of them uh never on the podcast
2: <laughs> i will leave this podcast before happens. i refuse i find no joy in those movies
1: whatsoever I, the i was watching the eighth one the other day And when they shoot torpedoes from a sub and they break through the ice and... Dwayne the Rock Johnson gets out of his car and literally kicks the torpedo away, so it explodes somewhere else. And I just have this gigantic dumb grin on my face. I was like, "This is so fucking stupid, but also so fun." And just like the level of escapism that I really need in my life right now to like turn my brain off. Nothing. <laughs> my Nothing. My I don't like that I know
0: what you're talking about.
1: I I love that that you know what I'm talking (laughs) about, because we went and saw that together. (laughs) I'm just imagining,
2: like, a Tim and Eric-style poor edit job of, like, a torpedo moving into frame, and then Dwayne The Rock Johnson, like, not really kicking it, but then it just, like, flies off the screen in, like, a very fake way. That's how I'm envisioning it in my head, which only makes it a more (laughs) anger-inducing thing to think about, so I'm just gonna stop thinking about it. But I will choose to think that that's the level of special effects that the fast and the furious movie. Seems did. fair. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh T girl, what, what you up to?
0: You know, I was trying to think during while you guys were talking and I think that I for sure the only movie I watched this week was The Lobster. And I think I like had a very low like similar to Colin, low media consumption in terms of like film and television. I think the only other things I watched this week were uh, the latest episode of Insecure on HBO. Oh, yes. Nice. Um, which is a very romantic episode. It is very, very sweet. And I, ah. very heartwarming and I really enjoyed it. Um, I think it's called low key happy just cause this will be airing a few weeks later. Um, And then I also finished the last episode of Waco this week. It's been going out. I've been watching it, like, over the course of two months. (laughs) It's a five-episode I I was like, are there only, like, (laughs) six episodes? (laughs) Uh, And I, um, like, was so little when it happened that I didn't really know uh, what happened. And given everything that's been in the news with tear gas watching it. I was like, we have learned nothing. Yeah. So those are the two things I watched. <laughs> <laughs> real, real,
1: one yeah. It's really
0: nice.
2: Yeah. Uh, um, the
0: other one was just like, uh, fuck this country.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, um, anyway. Yeah. But it's got, taylor Taylor kitch is in it yeah
0: and uh it stars michael shannon but not his bottom lip is not nowhere to be seen (laughs) (laughs) it always just looks like he's packing a lip uh
1: maybe he is (laughs) when you said michael shannon i heard michael stuhlbarg so i was getting ready don't <laughs> it's not even. I was, you can't even pull a serious man in at
2: this point. I I'm was daring. getting
1: ready, and then I recognized what you actually said, and I was like, oh, "I'll, I'll, will table this one for later."
0: I did like though that the casting, whoever did the casting for Waco, did a really good job in that they casted Hollywood's ugliest men as the FBI and the ATF.
1: Oh, well, that's good.
3: <laughs> Maybe we'll cut that part out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're, like, massively over time anyway. Yeah. Um.
2: Alright, is that it?
1: I think yeah. so, yeah. I don't all have right. the list pulled up. What I don't know what we're doing next week. TBD, we'll see. Alright, sounds good.
2: Alright. I'm finished.